From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Thanks for making Washington Watch part of your day. Well, coming up on this Wednesday edition, former President Donald Trump spoke to the nation last night from Mar-a-Lago on the historic and troubling events of yesterday. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. We're going to talk about it here on Washington Watch. And despite the threats from the Chinese Communist Party, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy met today with Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen. Today I'm honored to meet with Taiwan's President Tsai as she transits the United States. That was Speaker McCarthy at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in California just a little while ago. We'll talk with Missouri Congressman Mark Alford in just a moment. Also speaking of China, Working with other countries hostile to the U.S., like Russia, Brazil, and India, China is working to destroy the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency. Why and what could be done and what can be done to protect the dollar? We're going to talk with economist Stephen Moore, former advisor to President Trump and now senior fellow at FreedomWorks. We'll also get Stephen to weigh in on the announcement by the Social Security Board of Trustees that trust funds will be depleted in 10 years if Congress does not act. What action is needed? That's what we're going to talk about. And a report released today here at the Family Research Council reveals another spike in attacks on churches. Just in the first quarter of this year, 69 documented incidents have occurred, three times the number of attacks during this same period last year. Ariel Del Turco will join me to unpack the report. And finally, they are at it again. The World Health Organization's Intergovernmental Negotiating Body is meeting this week to continue discussions for a proposed global pandemic treaty. We'll get an update from Jim Roguski, a member of the Law and Activism Committee at the World Council for Health. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you miss anything, you can find it all there, archived at TonyPerkins.com, as well as contact information for each of our guests. You know, in recent years, Christians have seen an accelerated assault on not just our core beliefs, but on the very foundation of our freedoms in this country. And now is the time to build up those foundations, strengthen our faith, and learn how to translate our beliefs into actions that will transform the culture around us. So I want to invite you to make plans now to join us September the 15th through the 17th in Washington, D.C. for our Pray, Vote, Stand Summit, a national gathering of spiritually active, governance-engaged conservatives, sage guns, Registration is now open. Visit prayvotestand.org for details and to register. Our word for today comes from Ezekiel 16. Your fame went out among the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendor, which I bestowed on you, says the Lord God. But you trusted in your own beauty, played the harlot because of your fame, and poured out your harlotry on everyone passing by who would have it. You know, Israel went from trusting in God to trusting in what God had made them into. God had made them beautiful, and so they began to trust in their own beauty. And there's an application here for us. We like to think we're self-made, but the only thing self makes is a mess. There's wisdom from the psalmist on this topic in Psalm 100. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. To join us in our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. Well, speaking from his home in Florida last night after his arraignment in New York, President Trump laid out what he has faced over the last seven years. From the beginning, the Democrats spied on my campaign. Remember that? They attacked me with an onslaught of fraudulent investigations. Russia, Russia, Russia. Ukraine, 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 impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the illegal and unconstitutional raid on Mar-a-Lago right here. Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Mark Alford. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee, the House Agricultural Committee, and the House Committee on Small Business. He represents the 4th Congressional District of Missouri. Congressman Alford, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you, Tony, so much. Uh, Much to discuss, but before we uh, get into the other topics of uh, China and Taiwan, your reaction now to uh, what President Trump uh, said last night in the indictment that he faced yesterday? 
I think the president has handled this situation with courage, with a lot of patience. Uh, I'm pretty sure some prayer, support from his family, and I know the support of uh, a big section of the American people who truly believe that this is a persecution of a president who the far left, uh, I think a, a lot of evil is involved in this, not wanting good uh, to win out in America. And so they are trying to suppress him at every move, at every turn, trying to, to make him ineligible for running for president again. It's not going to happen. You know, there was a lot of discussion uh, before the indictment was released about congressional investigations into uh, the district attorney there in New York, Braggs. But now that the indictment is unsealed and there's little there there, uh, do you think Congress should move forward with investigations? Definitely. The Oversight and Judiciary Committee should uh, go full steam ahead and investigate this hack DA P.T. Barnum would be very proud of the circus that uh, Alvin Bragg created in that courtroom, a three-ring circus of injustice. It needs to be looked into. We need to have equal weights and equal standards and measures uh, for everyone in society, not just Democrats, not just Republicans, but Americans. And I think that's the, uh, the underlying issue here is people see this attack on our justice system and they're losing confidence very rapidly in our government, and we're seeing an increasingly divided nation. I think we're at an extremely dangerous period of time. We are, Tony, and it's it's sad. I think we're more divided than we have been probably since the Civil War. And Ronald Reagan said some 40 years ago, it's time for us to reassert our trust in God. It's time to turn to God for the healing of America. It's time for us to realize that we need him more than he needs us. Until we do that as a nation, we're not going to be healed. We have a lot of work to do here, but God needs to work through our nation to bring us back to him and to bring us back to a unified position to where we can be great again as a nation. Uh, well said, uh, Congressman Alford. I, I want to get your thoughts. You're a member of the House Armed Services Committee, the House Speaker meeting with the President of Taiwan today. Prior uh, to this meeting, the Chinese Communist Party saber-rattling said, saying there'll be consequences. Your thoughts? China at this point is a paper tiger to some degree. Sure, they have strength. They are outpacing us militarily when it comes to some weapons. They're hypersonics. They're, they're warships. But America is on the move militarily. We are going to rebuild this military. Uh, we have some new generation, fifth generation uh, warfare capabilities that are coming about. The B-21 stealth bomber, I'm going out next week to Palmdale, California, to see those uh, under construction. It is a fierce deterrent to the communist Chinese government, and I'm confident we're going to hold them at bay. 65% of the world's GPD, uh, GDP flows through the state straits of Taiwan. And if something were to happen to disrupt that, you think the supply chain is bad now. It's going to be catastrophic. So we need to do everything we can to hold China at bay. So, so Congressman, I'm going to, I want to drill down on that a little bit about our military <laughs> being strong. A lot, a lot of uh, discussion we've seen about the distraction of the, the woke policies in the military. I mean, we, we, we drummed out 8,000 qualified members over the, the COVID shot. Um, right. I mean, it looks like we've got some problems in our military leadership. We have some real problems, Tony. We grilled Secretary Austin about this last week, as long as the as as well as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Milley, about getting the wokeism out of the military, making sure our generals are not politicians, but they are true military leaders. Uh, chairman Milley admitted to some of his uh, past transgressions in that regard, but we've got to regain confidence in our military, we've got to get young people to start signing up again. Only 9% of our young people have any interest whatsoever in joining the military. And I firmly believe it's because the, the far left, woke, broke side of our, our nation has convinced our young people through indoctrination that America is bad, that it's inherently evil, and nothing could be further from the truth. We live in the greatest nation ever, and it is worth fighting for. It's worth dying for agree with you, uh, Congressman. And, and I think we our military needs young men and women who have a moral compass, a firm foundation. I think the it's been intentional to drive those types of, of uh, men and women 
either out of the military or keep them in because they do have a frame of reference and they're they're not easily misled. You know, I think it goes back to parents preparing their kids uh, for for life, whether they're sending them off to a college campus, a public school, or they're sending them off to the military, they still have to be equipped with a with a proper worldview and ready to engage the world. But we need them in every realm of society. Tony, I so wholeheartedly agree with you. And, and no matter where you are, really, it is time for Americans to stand up. Uh, we need to put on the full armor of God, basically. This is a spiritual battle that we are in. It is a battle between good and evil. Uh, America has been on the right side of that through the providence and protection of Almighty God. Uh, but I'm fearful that we could lose that. And and we have to make sure everyone is taking, taking a stand for one thing, Tony, and that is absolute truth. Not your version of the truth, not her version, but the truth, the absolute truth. I, I think we are losing the favor and the protection of God. I mean, just you see all the things that are happening in our society. And I think your words, Congressman Alford, are, are so spot on. We need God's hand of provision, protection, and guidance. And, of course, we're always encouraging our viewers and listeners to be praying for our members of Congress that they would make the right decisions. And, and so I want to ask you about that, the, the pressures. I mean, you're, you're new to Congress. Uh, you're not new to the public arena, but you're new to, to Congress. You know, very quickly, we've got a couple minutes left, but share with our, our viewers how we can best be praying for members of Congress who are facing some really significant challenges. Tony, thank you so much. I would request the prayers from your viewers uh, for discernment, um, wisdom and discernment, two things that King Solomon had and um, prospered from those. But but I need those to do my job. Uh, it is uh, it is quite literally the swamp in some places in D.C., not all places. But, you know, I never thought I would be on the House floor debating issues like socialism denouncing socialism and have the other side defend socialism. I never thought I would go to Washington and stand on the House floor and have to defend a bill that would protect the lives of a uh, abortion survivor, a baby that has survived abortion that doctors wanted to snuff out, and yet the Democrats were defending that position. I need discernment to figure out who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. Because if I don't have that discernment and wisdom, I'm not going to be able to be a voice for the 4th Congressional District like God wants me to be. Well, and we will certainly encourage our folks to be praying to that end. Congressman Alford, I want to thank you for taking time to join us today. Great to see you. Appreciate your uh, stand for faith, family, and freedom on Capitol Hill. Thank you, Tony, and thank you for all you do. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, folks, uh, we need to be praying now more than ever. And this is one of the things about the fam about the Washington Watch program is that we bring to you members of Congress to talk about issues you're not going to hear elsewhere. And it should encourage you to know that you have members like uh, Congressman Alford and so many others that love the Lord, that are called to this and are trying to uh, to serve him faithfully on Capitol Hill. And they need your prayers. They need your partnership and uh, are your voice. We're connecting you with them. So share Washington Watch with others. Invite your friends to tune in. Go to TonyPerkins.com. Watch anywhere in the world. All right, when we come back, a new report from the Social Security Board of Trustees says that the Social Security Trust Funds will become insolvent within the next decade if Congress doesn't act. Talk about it next. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, We are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible.
1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview. Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose. Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. Uh, By the way, if you're in the Houston, Texas area or within driving distance, which could be anywhere if you've got enough time, uh, coming up June the 3rd, we have our next men's conference, our Stand Courageous Men's Conference from the Family Research Council. will be at Houston First Baptist Church on Saturday, June the 3rd. So find out more. You can go to StandCourageous.com. That's StandCourageous.com. All right, a new report from the Social Security Board of Trustees projects that Social Security trust funds will become insolvent within the next decade if legislative action is not taken soon. Now, this is a year earlier than previously anticipated, ratcheting up the pressure on both Congress and the president. Now, this comes even as negotiations have stalled on both the debt ceiling uh, debate and President Biden's $6.9 trillion budget for the next fiscal year. Now, all of these factors coming together are going to be a part of this debate over the debt ceiling. Now, the president says... "Ah, Clean debt ceiling, not negotiating with Republicans. Well, these issues show the president needs to negotiate. Not only do we have this issue of the Social Security Trust Fund being bankrupt in uh, 10 years, we also have a problem with the dollar. There are those trying to undermine the dollar as the global reserve currency. So what can be done by the Republicans in the House to try to do a course correction? Well, join me now to discuss this is Stephen Moore. He's a senior fellow at FreedomWorks and co-founder of the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Well, I think we're still trying to connect with uh, with Stephen. All right, I'm going to go, uh, while we're waiting to connect with him, I'm going to go to uh, Travis Weber to give us a an update on policies. Uh, as it we, We've seen a lot of these policies that pertain to the transgender movement. Now, a lot of pushback from the administration about how well, this is wrong um, and the left, the media, but state after state passing legislation, pushing back on the left and protecting children. Joining me now to uh, talk about this is Travis Weber, Vice President of Policy and Governmental Affairs here at the Family Research Council. Travis, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Tony. All right, so give us an update. We've got a lot of activity this week alone on bills designed to address this transgender nonsense. Yeah, a really encouraging picture. If you examine what's happening at the state level, 
on this issue around the country. Uh, parents, families, other concerned Americans are really waking up to the push um, that by activists pushing gender ideology, and in this case on children, harmful, uh, often irreversible uh, surgeries, uh, hormones, puberty blockers being advanced by these ideologues on children, all, all you know, on these children who are who are uh, seeking help for their gender dysphoria. So Americans are waking up, and we're seeing now nine bills signed into law this legislative session already at the state legis state level this year. Previous years, we saw several of these bills pass in total. So nine signed into law, several more on governor's desk right now. Uh, Montana, uh, SB 99 is on the governor's uh, desk there. And that state, it's a great bill. Uh, it bills working its way through the Nebraska legislature, Bill 574, that will protect children in that state. And we're seeing, uh, I think, around 80-something bills continue to move in the state uh, legislative sessions that are underway right now. But the picture is really encouraging. And I think it's in response to the horrific push uh, by, the, by these ideologues pushing this on children around the country. So, Tony, for those of us who are working on this issue, uh, like the team here at FRC, it's a really encouraging moment. But we need to keep pushing, keep praying through the remainder of the sessions uh, this year. Yeah, I just want people to understand, uh, Travis, that this is coming in spite of, you know, the, the, the media, in spite of big business weighing in on this, despite the White House and the entire administration pushing this agenda. We've got these states pushing back, as you said, very, very encouraging and tells me that people need to continue to speak to their local law um, uh, policymakers at the state and local level because it's 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 working. Travis, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Appreciate Thank the update. You. Thanks. All right, let's go now to uh, to Stephen Moore, senior fellow at Freedom Works and co-founder of Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Stephen, welcome back to Washington Watch. Hi, Tony. Good to be with you. All right, so I was just uh, b before we connected with you talking about Social Security. Uh, the report that within a decade those funds will be depleted if Congress doesn't act. What does Congress need to do? Well, you've got to grow the economy. You've got to get more people working. You know, this is a pay-as-you-go system, so you need more uh, people getting off of welfare into jobs. You need to grow the economy. The inflation rate of the last couple of years hasn't helped. But I think it's important mostly when we talk about Social Security to for, for the vast majority of your viewers to understand that Social Security is just an awful deal for young workers. If young workers could just take 10 or 12 percent of their paycheck each month and put it into a 401k plan when they start working, almost all Americans would end up pension millionaires. So it's, we need to do that immediately and give, give workers the option of doing that. If they want to stick with Social Security, they can. But I'm a big believer that the problem isn't that Social Security benefits are too large. They're too small, given how much, you know, people have put into that system over the last, you know, if you work 40 years, you put a lot of money into that and you're not getting a lot out. What role does our inflated levels of spending play in this and the, in the growing amount of government debt? Does that not? place a drain on the economy and the growth of the economy? Of course it does. And here's the thing that um, let's say that you were uh, a private, uh, you ran a private company and you had a pension plan. Okay, Tony. And then you know, let's say you had a couple bad years with the company. So you basically started spending money out of the pension fund. You know what would happen? The government would put you in jail if right. you did that, right? But this is what the United States government has been doing for 30 years. They've been robbing money out of the Social Security. So trust fund is not really a trust fund because there's no trust and there's no fund. Right. Well, the, of, the, uh, folks won't remember this, but this would be the the lockbox that right, uh, exactly. Al Gore talked about. Right. And there is no lockbox, right? And a, a lot of people, I still talk to a lot of people, think there's a little you know, vault in the Treasury that has their money in there. Sorry, it's already Not been there. spent. And that is an outrageous uh, abrogation of the fiduciary duty. Hey, we're up against uh, a, a break. Can you stick around So, on the sure. other side of the break? I've got a couple more questions for you Absolutely. that I think people want to, uh, to know about. All right, Stephen Moore, my guest, and we're going to continue this conversation as we look at Social Security, what we need to do, as well as the attacks on the dollar. Why is China, Russia, Brazil, some of our adversaries working to undermine the dollar. We're going to talk about that next here on Washington Watch.
Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. All right, still to come here on Washington Watch, we're going to get a look at the latest report on attacks on churches. Uh, Ariel de Turco will join me in, in a little bit for that. Also, we'll get an update on the WHO meeting again this week, uh, working on their global pandemic treaty. Uh, that's bad news. But I want to continue my conversation with Stephen Moore, senior fellow at FreedomWorks and co-founder of Committee to Unleash Prosperity, former advisor to uh, President Donald Trump. All right, so we were talking about uh, the, the burden that debt is on the economy. And so when you look at the policies of this administration and, I mean, the bloated budget that this president has put forward that will only increase the amount of uh, debt this country holds, what are what are the Republicans? I'm talking about right now, here and now, what do the Republicans need to be doing going into this debate over the debt ceiling uh, and into the what may be for the first time appropriation bills for a long time? First of all, Tony, time. you're exactly right that this is the most financially reckless president maybe in history. You know, I, I thought Obama was pretty financially reckless, but you could put a times three on it for Biden with, you know, $6 trillion of additional spending beyond the normal baseline. The national debt is now headed to 50 trillion. I think, Tony, when you and I first arrived in Washington, the debt was maybe one or two trillion. Now we're headed to 50 yeah. trillion. So these are numbers that are unfathomable. And so you asked what the Republicans must do. I, I feel very strongly about this, and I think you do too. This is this is a this is a come to Jesus moment. This is a, a fight for our financial future in this country, and Republicans cannot blink here. And I want to make sure that your viewers understand the idiocy of the Biden position. What he is saying is to Congress, just give me an unlimited credit card. Let me borrow whatever I want to. And, Tony, that's unconscionable. And I think that uh, Kevin uh, McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, needs to hold very firm here. And we all as conservatives have to stand behind him and say, no, that is an outrageous position. We're not just going to let you borrow our country into bankruptcy. Um, but there will be a stare down at some point, And if the conservative movement sticks together on this, I think Biden will have to flinch. Stephen, and what I see is related, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the debt is weakening the interest rates. Inflation is weakening the American dollar, making it susceptible to attack by China, Russia and Brazil as it has been the the global currency reserve. Um, is that threat that China is mounting serious? And what could be the implications? What do we need to do there? 
Uh, the, certainly the dollar has been declining a bit recently against other currencies, so that is something, uh, Tony, to be concerned about. We are huge, hugely advantaged as a nation by the fact that the dollar is the world reserve currency, and we never want to uh, Explain that for just a moment. I don't think people realize what that what that affords us, what opportunities that affords. Well, it's almost like every other country in the world is giving us a, 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 low, a no-interest loan, right? They're, the only way they can uh, accumulate dollars is to is to give us stuff. And so this means that, uh, you know, we, we com- command, we have the commanding heights of the world economy. And obviously China would love to take that away from us. And may I just simply say, Tony, that almost every action that Biden has taken, whether it's on energy policy, border policy, financial policy, regulatory policies, act, act absolutely playing into the hands of our enemies like China. Uh, now, I do not believe that anytime soon China will take over as the, you know, the Chinese yuan is not going to become, in my opinion, the world reserve currency. But we're weakening our economy relative to our other uh, competitors and especially our rivals when we continue to borrow, when we did to continue to destroy our energy supply, when we continue to allow people to come in. I'm pro-immigration, Tony, but you got to have a, a border where you know who's coming into the country. Uh, and all of these things are weakening our competitive position around the world. So am I worried about it? Yes, I'm very worried about what's happened to our country. And, you know, when, when Trump was president, I wasn't worried about that. I don't know about you, but Trump really did always put, and I didn't agree with everything Trump did, but he always put America's interests first. I'm not so sure this president does that. I'm not sure that the entire Democratic Party does right. that, quite right. frankly. When you look at their policies, it, I just it does not add up if you're thinking what's best for the American worker, what's best for the American family. Well, let me give you one concrete example that's current. So the OPEC countries, um, Saudi Arabia and the rest of the oil-producing countries, have now said they're going to cut their oil production by a million and a half barrels a day so that they can squeeze more money out of the U.S. economy. So we have to spend some more money overseas. Well, Tony, I don't recall spending a lot of time time, uh, worrying about OPEC when Trump was president. You know why? Because we were the number one producer of oil. So it's a perfect example of how we're playing into the hands of our enemies. I guarantee you, Tony, that the Russians and the Chinese and the Iranians and the Venezuelans and the OPEC countries don't care about climate change. They care about, you know, destroying the United States and taking over from our status. So, again, Biden is playing into the hands of our enemies in almost every regard to his both national security and economic policies. Yeah, you are absolutely right. Uh, Stephen Moore, thanks so much for joining us. Always great to see you. Appreciate it. You too, Tony. Have a great night. All right. Stephen Moore, uh, former advisor to President Trump. It, it really does come back to debt. Of course, that's a biblical issue. The borrower's servant to the lender. And, you know, we need to get our fiscal house in order, but it is reflective of our spiritual state. And then the two go hand in hand. I think we got to be morally correct, and then everything else kind of falls in place. Go back to what uh, Congressman Alford said. We need to be. We need to return to God. We need God in America again. We need to repent, turn to Him, seek His face once again. All right. Coming up. Speaking of that, we're going to look at this disturbing pattern that continues as criminal acts against churches continue to rise. What should we make of this? Ariel DeTurco will join me next. We'll also get uh, an update from James Roguski as we look at what the World Health Organization has been doing this week as they work on a new pandemic treaty. All that coming up next in the next edition, in the next segment of Washington Watch. Don't go away. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. 
With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAN to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAN to 67742, and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. All right, I'm Tony Perkins, and this is Washington Watch. The website is TonyPerkins.com. All right, I don't want you to miss what I'm about to say as uh, talk about a new report released by the Family Research Council. It's an updated report on the first quarter of this year on attacks on churches. Now, let me just kind of set the stage here. The first three months of 2023 saw almost three times the number of acts of hostility perpetrated against churches as in the same time frame last year. Now, when we see these things, sometimes we, we need to, to look beyond what's going on here. I think this speaks to the spiritual battle that is raging in our country. But it, it's important to know the facts. And so joining me now to talk about this is the author of the report, Ariel Del Turco, who is the assistant director of the Center for Religious Liberty here at the Family Research Council. Ariel, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Tony. All right, so what inspired this report, and what did you find out as you updated the report? Well, FRC has been tracking this issue since last year. We went back five years at the time to 2018, uh, trying to find out if this feeling that we had that attacks against churches were increasing was really true, and we found a very stark increase. And so we continued tracking this issue, and this year alone, we found a massive increase from, as you said, last year in the same time frame, but also from the last three months of 2022 when there were only 54 incidents. This uh, January through March, there were 69. So this is concerning to anyone who cares about religious freedom. So what types of crimes are we talking about that were most frequently reported against churches? So this report includes vandalism, arson, gun-related incidents, uh, bomb threats, and other types of assaults that might take place on church property. Most of the incidents were vandalisms. Some of them um, contained very hateful messages, um, but some of them were just senseless destruction that really shocked the pastors and communities that experienced it. So all of these are very uh, serious issues, and they pose a real threat to uh, the ability of Christians and Christian communities to uh, go to church without feeling like they're being targeted. Now, Ariel, you also work internationally as we look at what is happening in my former position as the chairman of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. I know we did a lot internationally. So juxtapose that for just a moment 
when we look at these attacks internationally, it's designed, it, it's really a form of terrorism. It's designed to uh, instill fear in the hearts of people to drive them away from religion or their church or their organization that they're connected with. Is that the same thing we see happening here? You know, some of uh, the incidents, they are designed to intimidate. Uh, but regardless of the motivation of some of the people, the attackers of these churches, uh, the result can be the same. The result can still feel like intimidation. It can feel like, oh, we're, we're getting vandalized for expressing our beliefs on this issue, whether that's the life issue or just uh, articulating the word of God uh, to congregants. The temptation can be to pull back, uh, but that's really wrong. We need to be doing what God has called us to do, regardless of uh, what the world around us is doing, uh, and be going to church, be praying, be a public witness, uh, regardless of the consequences. Now, Ariel, I know it wasn't, I don't think it's necessarily part of the report, but as you were compiling this update in this first quarter, seeing this, uh, this spike, why do you think, uh, in particular, January of this year, which saw a, a significant increase, what what do you think was driving that? Well, in part, I think I think it was Christmas. Uh, some of the attacks included uh, vandalisms of nativity scenes, or I don't know. I, I think it's the the public witness of the Christmas holiday as uh, Christianity in public uh, really sparked some of that backlash. Uh, but some of it is just a growing uh, secularism in general. Uh, people just don't have the same respect for churches that they might have had 10, 20, uh, several decades ago. Uh, so there's some of that as well. But some of the problem, I, I think we can't attribute it to natural causes. I think there's a spiritual element here uh, that when some of these incidences just seem inexplicable, uh, the reality is that they just can't be explained in the natural. And as you mentioned in your introduction, there's spiritual warfare going on here. Yeah, and, and, and therefore we need to realize that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, they're spiritual. And so you know, this is something we need to be praying about, praying into, uh, something we need to, you know, as Paul wrote in Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We need to realize that. Final question for you, Ariel. Where can folks find this report and get a copy? Yeah, people can find it on our homepage of, for Family Research Council at frc.org. All right. Thank you, Ariel. Great job. Thank you. Well, speaking of, uh, choose my words carefully here, but I think it's spiritual warfare. When we see this grab for global power, um, and that's what the World Health Organization has been all about. This week, the intergovernment negotiating body of the World Health Organization has been meeting to continue discussions for a proposed global pandemic treaty and uh, modifying some of their operating procedures. And as I've discussed on the program before, despite tremendous public opposition, these unelected bureaucrats are seeking to give the WHO increased authority to override both the freedoms of individuals and the sovereignty of states. They want to become the pandemic police. Joining me now to discuss this and give us an update is James Roguski. He is a member of the Law and Activism Committee at the World Council for Health. James, welcome back to the program. I think you're you're mu muted. I see we get his voice. My bad. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate you having me back. And uh, the meetings this week have been an exercise in secrecy. Um, the only thing that they revealed so far was that they had other meetings in the interim from their last set of secret meetings and this set of secret meetings. They had really secret meetings. Um, they did divulge that. Um, they're going to be um, maybe meeting uh, for about a half an hour or so on Thursday to just sort of wrap up and summarize what, what they did in secret. I mean, that really is the story. Why are they meeting in secret? Why are the... Um, public not allowed to see what's going on why is that not a bigger story with the media that this this entity which is seeking to to amass more power is afraid of transparency um you know obviously not for you because we're talking about it here 
But, you know, that is exactly what they would like. Last year when they tried to push amendments through, uh, if it's all done very quietly in secret and nobody pays attention, you know, no one opposes that. And, and so what they have said that they are attempting to do is they currently are discussing what they call a zero draft. Most people would just say it's a working draft or a rough draft or something like that. Um, all of the many nations have made proposals. One of the interesting aspects of it is you don't get to see which nation which made which proposal. They're trying to move um, at the end of this meeting to a first draft and a progress report, which they're then going to present to the World Health Assembly when all of the nations meet at their yearly meeting in Geneva, uh, May 21st to the 30th. So, James, let me ask you about, um, you know, it's, it's being done in secret. The public's not able to see. Uh, the public has weighed in, but they've ignored the public input in times past. But let me ask you about members of Congress. Are members of Congress being kept in the loop? Because obviously this is going to have implications for the United States. Um, well, we've certainly tried to bring them into the loop. Um, I'm sure you're aware and many, many of your listeners may be aware that there are two separate things being discussed. And so um, about the proposed treaty, um, Senator Ron Johnson proposed amendments to other legislation. And the majority essentially said that, oh, the Senate doesn't need to weigh in on a proposed treaty, which is astonishing. Anyone who's read the Constitution, you realize that that's one of their primary jobs. In terms of the amendments, I think we talked last time, um, totally different story. Almost everybody has them completely confused. So let's talk about those two tracks, uh, two issues. You've got, the, you've got the amendments and then you've got the actual treaty. What is the timeline on both of those in terms of when might we see the WHO actually do something public instead of in, in terms of putting those in place? Um, they keep saying consistently that they are shooting for May of 2024. Um, there is a concern that they could take out some of the amendments and, you know, agree to a certain um, small subset of it. Uh, I think we talked last time that last year they did exactly that. And this is the key to the confusion. People want to talk about the treaty because it's something that they're familiar with, that whole concept. But the amendments and the international health regulations include a method of adoption that is alien to people's awareness. There is no presidential signature needed. There is no advice and consent from the Senate needed. If 194 delegates who are unelected, unaccountable, and unknown get together in Geneva and agree to change international law, it becomes legally binding international law. They did that last year, and it, it doesn't want to register in people's minds because it really should not be that way, but it is. I was talking with Senator Johnson about that. His measure is focused on the treaty, um, and, and as you, you aptly described that situation. So how do we stop these amendments to what they're operating under? How, how does the United States, I, I, well, let me, let me rephrase that because the Biden administration wants this. How does Congress, with the limited authority they have, interject itself? You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat what is a ridiculous situation. This is not an easy task ahead of us. Step number one is for people to be informed. Uh, the treaty itself is only a 32-page document. The first 12 pages is a bunch of propaganda. I think everybody on the planet can read 20 pages and understand what is actually going on. Um, there's actually going to be a debate in the U.K. Parliament. You know, bless them, they called for a debate, and, and that's going to happen on uh, April 17th. Um, they're talking about the treaty, but most people have not read the document. Most of the politicians and the people in the media who are talking about it have not actually read the darn document. So my admonition to everybody is go to stopthewho.com. All of the official public you know, WHO documents are right there. Download the zero draft, print it out. 
And if you really want to take action, highlight the parts that you don't like and you know, print it out, highlight it, and make an appointment with your local congressperson. Many of them have multiple local district offices. Same for your senator. And go hand them a copy that's been annotated and circled with the parts that you don't like because they haven't read it. Yeah, there there's so many issues coming at us uh, earlier in the program talking about the Social Security Trust Fund and what our debt is doing and, and the six point nine trillion dollar uh, budget the president presented and how that's going to lead us toward 50 trillion dollars in debt uh, in, in another uh, 20 years, 10, 20 years. And then we have this, which is um, we, we are just surrendering our national sovereignty to a entity that has proven that it is ineffective and dangerous. So we're always having to make these levels of priorities, but I've been talking with members of Congress about this in the House, conservative Republican members. In fact, they're meeting, they were having conversations even today about this, uh, including this kind of in their negotiations with the administration over the debt ceiling. Uh, that's the biggest leverage point that Republicans have at this point is is defunding the WHO. So if they take American funding out, is that sufficient to to stop America from being impacted on this or are additional steps needed? Oh, absolutely. Additional steps are needed. And if you're having conversations with, you know, people who are involved at that level, ask them a very simple question. Um, have they actually read the documents? Have Many they of read... them have. Many of them have. Yes. Um, and those who have um, should be able to see exactly what these things are doing. What has been happening in the media and with most people is you get propaganda points. You don't get actual consideration of, look, this is what it says. It literally says uh, a change, an amendment to Article 3, that they would seek to remove the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. A change to Article 1 and Article 42 of the regulations would make recommendations mandatory or obligations. Right. Anyone who reads those should be able to comprehend that those are dramatic changes in the nature of the oh, WHO. Yes. And when when an agreement, when one party has changed fundamentally the uh, foundation of the agreement, it's like being uh, someone who's in an abusive relationship. Right. You don't <laughs> argue for better terms. You exit the WHO. Well, the, the, the challenge, and that's the, the challenge here is we're only working with a handful of where we've got one half of one body uh, that we can operate with because we've got administration that is totally committed to this. Uh, James, I'm sorry we're out of time, uh, but we're going to we're going to continue to discuss this as this situation develops because I'm with you. I see this as a great threat to freedom and to our well-being. James, good to see you. Thanks for joining. Thank you very us. much. And, folks, we're out of time, but I want to thank you for joining us as well. You can find out more, and you can follow up with James at TonyPerkins.com. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, found in Ephesians 6, where he says, When you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 